a wise man once said, every journey begins with the first step. Come with me, my friends, as together we travel down the roadway of geekdom in our never-ending quest to find the joy and fun in what we love. However, our final destination may not be where we intended, for on this journey, tangents abound. Bound, bound. Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome to the 10th episode of Tangents Abound. My name is Aaron Henley, and I thank you all for joining me today. Well, first off, yes, double digits. I made it to double digits. This is a, oh man, this this is a monumental feat for me. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's only 10 episodes, but wow, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> okay, well, we've got a couple things to talk about today, but something released today, so this will date the recording, but uh, darn it, it's just too good to not talk about. So, Turtle Loves, this one's for you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> The Rogue One trailer dropped today, friends. Oh, that was such a good trailer. (laughs) Uh, Spoilers, 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 and more spoilers are about to abound. Okay, so here's my thoughts. Well, first we see Jen Ursa as a little girl. Oh, I like this. Okay. And then we find out that her dad is actually the designer of the Death Star. I mean, that's... Wow, that... I, I know the EU canons to who designed the Death Star is no longer valid, so, wow. Okay, we now have a confirmation of to, as to who built the Death Star. Well, not built it, but designed it. Also, apparently he's doing this under duress because uh, he says that I'm doing everything to protect you, and he's looking at his uh, little girl, who's Jin, so I'm guessing she's like eight or nine, and then we cut to her growing up in a cell, and... Uh, then we see some rebels come and bust her out and take her to um, Yavin 4. And then there was a cut, sh- a cutaway shot. Now, I thought this was just a mountain range, but I kept watching the trailer. I'm like, something's bugging me with this. So I watched it, and it's a Jedi statue. This thing is massive, because this takes place not... It can't be at the same time, but there's a ship, and it's probably the size, I'd say, of the Falcon, and it's flying next to it, and the scale of the statue is insane the the ship is just super small compared to it and yeah like i said i thought it was a mountain range but no it's just fallen jedi statue and wow that's that, that is impressive beyond words and then oh there's just so many great shots there's the death star over a planet and it just it it, it looks like a moon i, I mean you know it, it's moon size, so it makes sense. But yeah, wow. And then we had we got to meet some of the new cast. We got to have some new lines, some great lines. We get to see some doubt in the rebels' ranks about the Death Star. You know, a line is, "If the Empire has such a power, then what can we do?" And you know, that kind of makes sense. Exactly, what good would snub fighters do against a thing, space a thing like that? <laughs> oh. It takes a Jedi and the Force and a proton torpedo. Also, we got to see Vader. Not just from the back, but we saw him just stride into this room with smoke billowing in front of him. Oh, it, the best way I can describe it is if you've been to Walt Disney World and saw the Jedi 
training academy temple show for the little kids, which, tangent about time, I'm very disappointed, Disney. You did not make that all ages. Very disappointed. Bad Disney. Tangent over. And, oh man, it just... It was so good. And then we got a few scenes of X-Wings in space, flying through like a space station uh, with ring, like a, a ringed space station. And then there's a night scene with X-Wings flying. And it's really hard to make out, but there are Y-Wings with them. And I was like, yes, we've got Y-Wings. Y-Wings are in this trailer. Oh, this is, it hit every single button for me. And how great this trailer is it's just indicative of the movie now there's been a lot of reports of the reshoots and you know everybody going into full-on panic mode but that's all fandom going into panic mode it wasn't actually anyone involved with the film it was all planned so <laughs> i don't i i never went into panic mode but i was concerned but I can safely say my fears are laid to rest. And what amazes me the most with this movie is when it was first announced, I was like, nah, I'll, I'll see it, but I'm not really interested in it. Or, you know, I'll, I'll wait to the DVD. Yeah, I actually thought I would wait for a DVD for a Star Wars movie. Wow, I had zero interest in this. <laughs> That's scary. And then came the first teaser trailer. I'm like, ooh, I am peaked. I am intrigued. And then came the big teaser trailer with the walkers on the Caribbean planet. And I went, sold. Take my money. Then I saw this trailer. And I'm like, okay, my butt will now be in a seat for the midnight showing. I don't care what time I have to go to work tomorrow, then the day after. My butt's in that seat for the first showing. And friends, highly recommend checking this out. Oh, just seeing the classic X-Wings again. It, it just... And, those, and the classic X-Wings sound effects and blasters and storm classic stormtroopers. I mean, it just... It's a golden age of being a Star Wars fan right now, friends. I wish... Um, I wish this was like this when I was growing up. Because when I grew up, all we had were the books, as I've mentioned in the in the very first episode. So I grew up before the prequels with Star Wars. All I had were the, the novels and the Fox videotapes and what I recorded off the uh, telecast from USA and, uh, well, first CBS and NBC and then uh, USA. And that was it. And we didn't have the internet back then, so there was no way to get any of this information. And now, <laughs> I remember... When episode one came out, well, right before episode one, the, the big hype and lead up to episode one, my mom, you know, as I said, works at a library and she, they would get, you know, like the Time magazines and Newsweek magazines and Entertainment Weekly magazines. And those in those months leading up to them, she would copy the uh, articles and, and give them to me. And I poured over those articles and some of them were great and some of them were kind of weird like there was one that was like <laughs> pretty much any uh anything you find on the internet today is like it was a rumor she as to what could and could not happen and some of it was pretty close <laughs> one one and they even said that you know this is completely crazy but it, it's the weirdest one and i have to and it's stuck in my mind all these years where 
they were going to reveal Boba Fett and that Jodie Foster was going to play Boba Fett. Yeah, like I said, it was the weirdest thing, and that's why it's stuck in my head all these years. Now, I'm, I'm getting as jazzed for this as I was for Force Awakens, and yeah, like I said, there will be a special episode as soon that will release as soon as I see the movie. As soon as I get home, I'm going to turn on my computer, turn on my recorder, and just talk. And I will say that there will be a lot of geeking out and screaming and holy craps moments. And yeah. <laughs> so consider yourselves warned on that. Alrighty, my friends. Now we get since I don't have any comments or emails for this episode, we're going to get right into the main theme for this series. I'm going to do Saturday Morning Cartoons. Yeah, Saturday Morning Cartoons. This is going to be great, and specifically both 80s cartoons and 90s. Now, the th thing is, what I'm going to talk about, the shows may have started in the 80s, but... There's a few modern interpretations that I that I've seen, so those I'm going to talk about, and I'm not going to say what shows they are. They are, but there's a few coming up, and there's a very special episode to cap it all off that I'm really, really looking forward to. So I can't wait to to uh, do that one. Alrighty, and for those of you who paid attention and listened to the whole episode and heard the teaser from last week, you sh may know what I'm going to talk about. And f first, before I get into that, I'm going to have a promo for a great show. Hold on just a sec. After these messages, we'll be right back. The dawn of an age. The founding of a family. You know we haven't done enough research into the effects of cosmic rays. We've got to take that chance. Conditions are right tonight. Let's go. They're penetrating the ship. Our shielding isn't strong enough. I feel like I'm burning up. Too heavy. Can't move. Too heavy. We're all alive. I feel so strange. You're fading away. I can't see you at all anymore. Look what's happening to you. You're... Change. Oh, Reed, not you too! What happened to me? To all of us? I can fly! We gotta use that power to help mankind, right? And so was born the Fantastic Four. For soon, the Mole Man will have the entire world in his power! I am the mightiest living mortal on Earth, and now mankind shall feel that might. The Fantastic Four. Little do they dream they're but palms in the hands of Dr. Doom. Human Torch will be the Puppet Master's next victim. You athletes can't change the way I can. Got me dying to those powerful cousins on Earth. I've been expecting you. For I am the Thinker. I vow never to return, my lord, until the Fantastic Four are no more and the planet Earth is no more. You're in the presence of the awesome Ravatots, King of Kings, Master of Men, and Lord of the Seven Sons. You're just a muscular freak. Blind or hulk. Stop! You must not end on the castle of Diablo. My journey has ended this 
Fantastic Four from the very beginning witness the origins of a legend. The Fantastic Cast, ffcast.libsyn.com. Did I mention I was an amateur at this, friends? <laughs> okay, I, I didn't mean to dangle the teaser for you, but, but here we go. Okay, Harley, cue up the music. No, 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 not that, not that. <laughs> Sorry, friends, she hit the wrong key. Ah, here we go. <laughs> Doesn't that thing just get every blood vessel moving and you just want to, oh yeah, I love that theme so much. Lion does an amazing job with that theme. Uh, Transformers the movie. Wow, this is, <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time and in my opinion, the best Transformers movie, period. Now, for those of you who like the Michael Bay films, and I'm sure there are those, because, hey, the movies make a billion dollars, so some somebody goes and watches these. I'm not. I stopped watching after the third one. Uh, to this day, I haven't watched that Age of Extinction. Okay, tangent about time. Once I heard that Optimus Prime enslaved the Dinobots instead of, you know, working together with the Dinobots, I lost all interest. And when you have... As the promotional material, Optimus Prime wielding a sword on top of Grimlock and Grimlock's breathing fire. I should have been in that theater. You should have had no reason for me to not go to that movie. And yet, Hasbro, you did. So I never saw it. Well, that's your loss. I know it doesn't mean much, but there it is. Tangent over. Now, Transformers the movie. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into a synopsis like I did with Superman because this is a movie you deserve to see, friends. This is this is just a great animated adventure, and it's actually relatively new viewer friendly. I'm going a little uh, improvisation on this one because I'm just 
talking about my thoughts and we'll see where our journey takes us on this this trip <sighs> yeah transformers the movie okay well this i think i'll start with the first time i saw it just like i saw with the star wars movies i was about five or six and in fact it was in the exact same room where i saw empire strikes back for the first time at my grandma's house yeah a lot of my geek stuff happened at my grandma's house i, I don't know how that ended up happening but it did so, I'm sitting there watching Transformers the movie. Now, I didn't know it was Transformers the movie. I came in after the credits, and I had no idea what the movie was, and I didn't really understand what the Transformers were. I just went, ooh, giant robots! <laughs> and at the time, the Transformers show wasn't really airing. Um, the episodes I was able to catch um, every once in a while I think it was when the Generation 2 figures came out, because I remember the episodes having, like, these CGI cuts and, like, little pieces and parts of different scenes would pop into the other during the scene. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a, a Transformers, a Cybertronian holocron or something, and it was telling these adventures. But I wasn't really a big Transformers fan, but I just knew that this movie, it, it sparked something in me. <laughs> Spark. Yes, that's a Transformers j joke, and a really poor one, so apologize. Hey, I'm back to I'm back to my old self again. And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm mesmerized, just like I was with Star Wars. But here's the thing. Since I didn't know what the movie was called, and I didn't know what the Transformers were, I never was able to watch it again. And thus began my greatest hunt of my life. The search for this movie. Now, you have to understand something, friends. Back in these days, again, no internet. So I couldn't just type in planet-eating robot <laughs> into Google and it'd pop up Unicron. All I could go on were some images and what I remembered seeing from the scenes. And I, I just remember that they were giant robots in it. Now, our video store in the small town I lived didn't have the biggest video selection. And for kids' movies, you know, most of it was the Disney movies or the um, you know, small animated films. You know, nothing really exciting. So the only robot movie they had wasn't Transformers the movie or even any Transformers uh, videotapes of the series. It was GoBots Meet the Rock Lords, the movie. Now, I didn't mind the GoBots. In fact, I actually like the toys quite a bit. I, ha I have a Leader One, and he's all metal. I mean, he's a die-cast robot, um, and he looks, the detailing as an you know, he's a F-14 Tomcat uh, fighter, and he looks really great. But for the most part, the GoBots were the Transformers knockoff cousins. Now, the Rock Lords... Yeah, the Rock Lords. Back then, everybody was trying to make something transform into something else. And the Rock Lords, as the name implies, were creatures who transformed into rocks. Yeah, they turned into rocks. You know, compare, if I compared the Rock Lords to that building transformer thing from the movie Big and Tom Hanks goes, well, nobody wants to play with a building? Compared to the Rock Lords, I'd rather play with the building. 
but uh, yeah. So in my little seven-year-old, six, seven-year-old mind, I keep watching this movie. I keep watching this movie in the hope that the giant planet robot will come and turn into a big robot. I watched that movie at least a dozen times over the next few years, hoping for that scene and never finding it, of course. But I still kept hoping. I still kept praying. And oh, yeah, th this this time, this time it's going to be, we're going to do it. And I would grab, then I'd go to other, uh, when I'd visit other places or go on vacation to video stores, then I'd see some Transformer uh, videotapes and I'd watch them. But still, I couldn't find the movie. Then one day I'm at a friend's house. And on his shelf was the videotape. And my eyes got boggled. My, my jaw hit the floor. This was my holy grail. I have found my white whale. Now, you may think, oh, I was probably eight or nine at the time when I'm going, yes, 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 I can't believe it. I got to put this in. C Mom, I don't, can, can I stay over and watch this? Yeah, you may think I was 9 or 10 at the time. No, I was 16 at the time. I was helping to babysit, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm 16 going crazy over this movie. So we plug it in, the VCR, and I watch it, and oh, it's so good. So, so good. The... Mm, the opening shot of Unicron just wiping out an entire planet and race and you know they're all robots so they can get away with it but when you think about it millions of people died and we saw men women and children being eaten by this thing i mean this was more emotionally impactful than e even star wars with the destruction of alderaan because all we saw was just you know a, a planet in space blow up we didn't see any of the people on it <sighs> with unicron destroyed uh, the the first the you know the planet in the opening scene I forget its name, you see kids you know playing and you know mom robots shopping and dad robots going to work and being scientists and uh, yeah I mean it's a very emotional scene and then we get into the opening act where we find out that. The Autobots have pretty much lost the war. The Decepticons are in full control of Cybertron, and the Autobots just, they're doing what they can in building up a military to try and take Cybertron back, but they're pretty much on the back heel of the war. And then we get to my next favorite moment, the shuttle scene. This is where crap got real. Now, before I go into the description of the scene and my thoughts, at the time the movie came out, it was actually supposed to be... It was around the time the first main line of Transformers were coming to an end, and this new line was coming out, so the movie was supposed to be like a bridging between a, the old line of toys and the new line of toys. Which, you know, okay, makes sense. Because the, the toy lines are what kept the cartoon going, and the cartoon just said, oh yeah, you got to play with these toys, or you got to play with these figures. And I, you know what? If people say they're glorified commercials, yeah, they were, and we didn't care. We still loved our heroes. And 
unlike other shows where, you know, characters just pop in and pop out, never to be seen again, with the Transformers movie, when they cl- to clear out the old line, yeah, they started killing the Transformers that you knew and loved. When the shuttle attack, when Megatron and the Decepticons break into the Autobot shuttle and they shoot Prowl, they shoot Brawn, they shoot Ratchet. At first I'm like, oh, you know, they just got shot, they'll be okay. But when you see Prowl get shot and you see smoke burn, you know, burst out of his mouth, I went, he's dead. They, they just killed a Transformer. That means the other ones are killed. And then... When Megatron, and then Meg, you know, Megatron shoots Ironhide, and then you know they they finish the scene, and then Ironhide is still trying to stop Megatron, and Megatron just blasts him into scrap. Oh, see, I loved Ironhide so much. He was kind of cool because also my grandparents had a minivan like that, so I was like, whenever I got into it, I was like, I'm driving Ironhide, I'm driving Ironhide. <laughs> Oh, my little four-year-old mind. <laughs> but... <laughs> or ten-year-old mind, actually. That Yeah, we still had the Volkswagen van until I was ten. So, and by then I knew who Ironhide was, so... <sighs> then we meet our new characters. Uh, Hot Rod, Cup, and Daniel. And, you know, I liked Hot Rod, and... It, I didn't know these characters, but you you got them. Hot Rods, the brash young punk, and Cups, the you know wise and old soldier. He's seen a lot. And then we meet RC and Ultra Magnus and Springer. And then there's the Battle of Autobot City. Now, I'll, I'll fully admit that even to this day, I still don't know half of the Autobots and Decepticons that take place in the first act. But I do remember Wheeljack just because of his neat head. And just they don't even address his death. He's just lying there. His corpse is just lying there. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap. And, you know, the Autobots are just about ready to get completely wiped out. Devastators on the attack. It's, it's complete chaos and destruction. And then... He arrives. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch! You got the power! One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. Oh, I love this scene so, so much. <laughs> oh, the 
shot of Prime transforming the touch playing in the background. And we'll get into the soundtrack in a, in a minute or two. Because trust me, Stan Bush and Vince DiCola made this movie. And when Optimus just... He runs over about two to three Decepticons, blasts up into the air, and just shoots like four or five on the way down. Oh, you're like, yeah! The tide is turning. The uh, Everything's going to be okay. And then there's the final battle with Megatron. And at the end... Prime dies. Optimus Prime. Now, nowadays we're kind of used to our heroes dying in a new generation coming up. But back then, I don't think that was really the case. The hero never dies, let alone the main hero. You fall, you know, you have the toys. If you didn't know anything about Transformers, you knew that there was a semi-truck and he was the good guy's leader. And, yeah, and, and I love how the storytellers played that scene so respectfully. They did it so well that even to this day, and having seen it a hundred times, I still choke up. I'm, I'm, Daniel, when he's crying at Prime's hand, he's all of us, friends. That little boy is every one of us crying at the death of our hero. And now we get into our first kind of bit of wonkiness in the movie. I'm I'm not going I'm not going to say that there hasn't been other wonkiness, you know, like with coloring errors or um, animation errors, like Ultra Magnus putting the Matrix in his chest twice, or why is there five swoops at the Autobot moon base? But the major bit of wonkiness, and I think there's two major bits of wonkiness, and the first one is. In, when the Decepticons have their kind of little spat as to who's going to be the leader after they chuck all the heavily damaged Decepticons out and, you know, Starscream chucks Megatron out the airlock. Apparently, Astro Train is part TARDIS because he is way bigger on the inside than what we see because the Constructicons start to form Devastator inside him. Now, I don't know how big a hangar bay Astrotrain has, because it's apparently just big enough to hold the Transformers, but all the hold the few Decepticons that are left. But all of a sudden, you know, to, to get Devastator in him should have ripped him apart. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's a bit major bit of wonkiness. But then we get the um, reformat reformation scene where Megatron is t upgraded into Galvatron by Unicron and all... That's just a great scene. That's, again, another scene that stuck in my mind forever because the schematic part of Megatron, you know, that that's what really, I was like, I, if I saw that scene, I knew I had the right movie. Because, again, I love taking things apart, so seeing how all the bits and pieces of a Transformer w worked, I was like, ah, that hit all my buttons. And then we have the epicness of Megatron, uh, excuse me, Galvatron, finally taking Starscream to task for all the constant betrayals when he just vaporizes him and Starscream disintegrates into ash. I mean, you know how epic that scene is, friends, if you've seen the movie. If not, you've got to check this out on YouTube. It's highly... 
Oh, yeah, it's... It's everything we always wanted, and wondered why Megatron hadn't done it sooner. And then... There's a bunch... There, I'm not going to talk about the rest of, you know, all the movie, but... Because it needs watch. You should watch it. <laughs> the movie's been around for 30 years for a reason, friends, and it's still popular. But when we um, see the uh, Dinobots <laughs> just storm into the Quintesson base to rescue Hot Rod and Cup. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, I and I hated the Quintessons. I really did. The, they, uh, you know, if they're willing to feed innocent people to robot sharks for being innocent, what do they actually do to people who are guilty? <laughs> oh, well. But when we have our um, second bit of wonkiness with the Junkions, yeah, and this is how I know it's the second bit of wonkiness. It, it's that dance number during the Weird Al Dare to Be Stupid song. Everybody knows this dance number. And... I remember when the 20th anniversary DVD came out 10 years ago and I bought it. And there was a, like a little pop-up track where as you watched it, you know, if you watch, the best way I can describe it is, you know, you watch a music video and like little facts would pop up on the screen. Same thing. Same thing for the movie. And during that scene, even the commenters had no idea what was going on because they said, pointless dance scene, we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that pretty much summed up that whole scene. <laughs> and then we get into another awesome bit of awesomeness. Now, I, I won't mention... As awesome as Megatron, who's Galvatron... Well, I should say Galvatron at this moment, blasting Starscream to, you know, Ash was, this was an even more incredible moment when Unicron transforms from a planet into the robot, and you just see the look of fear and terror on Galvatron's face. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and then Unicron just takes his hand and smashes it into Cybertron. Oh, it's great. And then we get the final battle between Galvatron and Hot Rod, and then Hot Rod activates the Matrix and becomes Rodimus Prime, the next leader of the Autobots, and the Matrix destroys Unicron, and the war is over. And then we get, you know, more awesome music. But I, if I had any skill whatsoever at Flash Animation, my uh, personal way to make that end battle even cooler was you have Unicron tear into Cybertron. You have Rodimus Prime open up the Matrix... And instead of just somehow destroying Unicron, what it does... Again, this is all my fan fiction on air, so... <laughs> what it does is it activates Vector Sigma, and then Cybertron transforms into Primus. And then we have the... Enough, brother. You can't stop me, Primus. I dismembered you once, I'll dismember you again. Not this time, Lord of Chaos. And then we just have two, you know, you know, I just blew every 10-year-old's mind right now because, yeah, we have two, first off, Cybertron's a Transformer too, and then they're brothers, and then they're, you, then they just start wailing on each other, and of course, Primus wins, and then, you know, transforms 
back into Cybertron, and then we the war is over. And uh, I wish I had some skills because I would love to have seen that. <laughs> oh, so much. But um, as I said, now let's talk the music. Oh, the lion theme. The music from Stan Bush. You have Dare. You have The Touch. I mean, there's a reason these songs have stuck around as long as they have. And there's also um, a couple songs. The Instruments of, Destru uh, Instruments of Destruction. And I probably should have <laughs> looked, up, looked up the name before I started recording. But I just got so jazzed I had to talk. Um, but there's a second song. And it's by a group called NR. I think you meant hunger, and nothing's going to stand in our way, Aaron. Wow! Thank you, Harley. Yes, I meant them. No, not in our... Spectre General. Spectre General. And they're, they're a great band, but apparently Spectre General is not the name of the band. Because the studio, they recorded the songs and put them in the soundtrack, but the studio was afraid that their name would get them into trouble with the uh with <laughs> the uh some of the mothers against cool stuff <laughs> because their band name was kick axe you know like calling a uh, a guitar an axe kick axe not the other inappropriate term but people were but those apparently studio executives were freaking out that it could be so that's why they called it Spectre General only here's the downside they didn't tell the band that so I feel sorry for those guys I really do and I, I mean what can you say about the touch and what can you say about Vince DiCola's uh, instrumental score it's just they're iconic. They're, to me, they're as iconic as John Williams' Star Wars theme, or Superman's theme, or... Well, I was going to say Jurassic Park, but again, that's John Williams. <laughs> or, um... Jerry Goldsmith's Star Trek theme. Or uh, Alan Silvestri's Back to the Future theme. There's just so many great themes in this in this movie. And here's actually an interesting thing, friends. Stan Bush recorded a new theme song for the first uh, Michael Bay Transformers movie. And unfortunately, it didn't get used. We got that, well, that thing I used at the beginning of the segment. <laughs> I hate Linkin Park. I understand they're a good band and have their friends. I just, they're not my cup of tea. But his song is called Till All Are One, and oh, it's great. I highly recommend checking it on YouTube. I am going to find this and put it in the link for the show notes, because it needs to be checked out. The first time I heard this song was the end credits to the Star... To Star Wars. To the Transformers. <laughs> oh, by the way, there are Star Wars Transformers, so I can bring it back around. Um, the Transformers video game War for Cybertron, and I'm going to be talking about that in just a minute. Because, oh, it, it's it's a great song. I was like, I'd rather have had this in the movie because it was, first and foremost, a Transformers song. And I think that's something these newer Transformers movies have forgotten, is people don't care about the humans in these movies. 
we care about the giant robots. It's kind of like going to see the Aliens versus Predator movies. We don't care about the people, we just care about the aliens fighting the Predators. All the people are good for is be making is being hosts for the aliens. Once the Predators and aliens start showing up, hey, we're good. We don't care about story. Um, well, at least in my opinion, anyway. But... Like I said, tangents abound this time, friends. I, I'm uh, I'm pretty much going off script, so yeah, <laughs> this is what the show's go- normally going to be unless I really script it out. So yeah, the, the themes, the soundtracks are just amazing. Um, the movie it, it holds up. The animation is still great. The uh, Blu-ray that just came out, um, the colors are, have never been as vibrant. It, it it it's beautiful to just look at. I I can't say enough about it because this is an audio medium and this is a and the movie is you know pure visual and yeah check it out friends go on Amazon pick it up and while you're at Amazon before you go there stop by the two truefreaks.com click on the Amazon link that's what I did when I ordered it so yeah it's just it's fun it's fun friends and Transformers has been pretty much everywhere um they'll like i said there's the war for cybertron and fall for cybertron games now these were games were amazing um you can find them on pc they're a bit older games so they're available on ps3 and xbox 360 so you can find them in bargain bins but i would recommend going to like a steam or some computer website so that way you can it'd be a little bit easier to get and these games really flesh out the backstories um of the war for of the war because war of cybertron there's two campaigns there's the decepticon campaign which is first and the autobot campaign was set is second and the first cam and the decepticon campaign is actually the decepticons rise to power and starting the war and the second campaign is the Autobots and Optimus Prime actually becoming the Optimus Prime we know and love. I'm not going to spoil anything else because there's some great Easter eggs. Um, we find out exactly what Trypticon originally was. And I'll just give a hint. That's no moon. <laughs> um, and... They really nailed the transforming capabilities because you weren't just, you know, robots into cars. There was also fighters, you know, for... So they really got it right. And the best part was it wasn't like other games where you could only transform during certain segments. No, you just hit a button and you could turn into a car and run over Decepticons as often as Prime if you wanted. So, yeah, I uh, when I got to that level where... There was just a long hallway. I may have turned off the sound and played the touch. <laughs> and just hit hit the go button. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> um, the fall of Cybertron was just as good, if not better in some cases. Because it really fleshed out even more backstory from uh, War of. Because fall of used a lot of the IDW comics from that time period. So if you didn't catch it or know what they were talking about, it, that's okay. You didn't have to because the game helped explain it. But for me, since I was reading the IDW comics, 
And I'm like, oh, oh, they referenced that? that that's great. I didn't expect that. And it's just, it was great. And as you play through it, it was kind of a neat, neat thing because each level in that game, you were a different Autobot. And you had different abilities, like Jazz, you're kind of a sniper, cliff jumper, it's all stealth. Then you get to be everyone's favorite cesium salami filled Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh yeah, you got to be Grimlock. And not only do you get to be Grimlock, you got to be Grimlock and eat Decepticons to regain your health. <laughs> yeah, that was a great mechanic. And... As you play through the game, a lot happens. Megatron actually dies. And how does Megatron die? You get to play as Metroplex. Yes, Metroplex, the city Autobot, and you literally punch him into the pavement. <laughs> Repeatedly. And every time it gets... <laughs> I I'm just sitting there playing the game and like, no, I... This is a cutscene, right? Push X to punch. <laughs> yeah, I went nuts. <laughs> I went, oh, that was worth the price of admission right here. And then Soundwave rebuilds Megatron so he looks more like our classic Gen 1 uh, version. And I'm not going to spoil the rest because I kind of forget some of it. I do remember that you turn in, uh, do get to be all the Combaticons and you turn into Menazors or you get to control the, uh, you know, a Combiner. You know, as cool as all the Combiners are, both of the Decepticons and the Autobots, my favorite still and always will be is Devastator for the Decepticons and Superion for the uh, Autobots. But I definitely recommend checking out those two games. And. You know, I thought about talking about the IDW comics because, man, they're just so great. But this episode is running a little longer than I thought it would. But it's a, it, there's just so much you could talk about with Transformers. And I don't want this to be entirely a Transformers month because, because well, there is so much that's going to be coming up, friends. Oh, I've got a great series coming up where we're going to be talking more 80 Saturday morning cartoons. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to be listening to. I want you to be surprised. I want you to enjoy it. So, my friends, I do recommend sticking around because, trust me, it will be worth it. Also, you may want to have some Cheerios handy. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, it's Saturday morning. You get up, make yourself a bowl of cereal. Cheerios are pretty good. I prefer Honey Nut Cheerios, but regular Cheerios are good, too. Okay, my friends. Well... I thank you all so much today, and thank you once again, all my friends, for just taking some time to listen to me, <laughs> me talk about some giant robots. It really, it really does mean a lot. So, you can, if you like what I'm doing with the Transformers, if you have any comments about the movie, give me a buzz. Uh, again, the email's tangentsabound at gmail.com, or you can leave me a comment on the Libsyn page, and I'd be happy to read it on the air. Or you can also give me a review on iTunes. I really appreciate those and they help more friends find my show. I hate plugging for them, but you know, I want to get some uh, some feedback from people just because that way I know if I'm doing a good job or not. Okay, my friends. So, thank you once again. 
and I do have a little surprise for you, so make sure to listen to the end of the episode. Trust me, it'll be worth it. It's a little slow to start, but it'll be worth it. So thank you again, my friends. Have a good morning. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Tangents Abound is a free podcast. No money is made on the production or distribution of this podcast. Any and all audio clips used in this podcast are for education and review purposes only. No copyright infringement is intended, and all copyrights are owned by the respective copyright holders. Thank you. Okay, friends. I know I said I was going to put this in the show notes, but since I forgot, I think you deserve a special treat. So thanks for sticking around for the end of this episode, and enjoy Stan Bush's Till All Are One. I'll see you next time, friends.
disguise Transformers